Hello and welcome to EastEnders Weekly, your weekly podcast all about EastEnders. This week we'll be talking about episodes from the 26th to the 30th of March. And happy Easter to everyone watching live because it is Easter Sunday, isn't it? Yes, happy Easter everyone. Happy Easter Ben. I see you've already, <laughs> even though it's not technically Easter as we record this, you've already cracked open your chocolate egg. So I had, I had an egg before starting. So <laughs> you laid an egg I and ate lo- it. I've got lots of energy now. <laughs> Full of sugar. <laughs> yes. So this week, a little bit emotional, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was a different week, wasn't it? It was mm. a bit of a foot off the accelerator and uh, slowly stepping mm. down on the, the brake in a slow... Yeah. Wow. I mean, it can't be at 100% all the time because... No, that way. if it was it like that all the time, like I last week. Cope. No, I don't. You need more than just one chocolate egg to survive. I need all of them. So there's been a few stories this week. Not one main story, just a few bubbling around. So let's start. Let's start how we did last week and have a bit of a roundup. These deer skin with a cashmere lining, all about for sensitivity and grip. <laughs> You're supposed to be dead. I didn't know I was dead. I lay that good money on those scotch eggs. Well, my nan could be very convincing at times. You've hidden 300 quid in your bra. And some in me socks and some down me stride. I'll get it out. I'm in. Good. Right. I'll put the kettle on. It's a symbol. When Jesus got crucified. You flirted with me. (laughs) Go from woman to woman like a feral cat. Someone ought to give you the snip. Oh, no, no. Nice, juicy steak and chips. Now I really better add get some action tonight. Never mentioned chips. I might not be educated, but I'm very experienced. Checkmate. Sod off. That's simple enough for you. Joyce? Really fancy some chips now. Mm, me too, and a, and a nice ribeye steak. <laughs> mm, delicious. Oh my goodness, that just <laughs> brought back so many memories of um the past week. That little clip. So, <laughs> where to start? I was thinking about starting with the Slaters this week because that's where we left left off last week. So we've got money troubles with Big Mo going on still. Yeah, so more of the same, I suppose you could say, because it, mm. it's the same base storyline as it was last week, where Big Mo um, is still trying to find ways of gaining that £5,000 to pay back to the, the Birmingham mob. <laughs> Another mob <laughs> on its way. She's from um, Horrible Histories as well, I found out, the actress who plays Annie. Another CBBC show. Yeah, they see, get around, don't they? They're all there. <laughs> so we sort of opened up with Wolford becoming a baying mob against the Slaters, uh, with showing their disapproval to faking death. Well, yes, none, none of them were too far impressed right at the beginning of the week. Um, <laughs> Mick went and visited the Slaters with mm. his uh, biscuit tin full of cash. And uh, he said after the brawl, it wasn't very... Um, he didn't seem that upset by the brawl. He seemed no. he seemed quite as if there was just an everyday occurrence. Well, it has been recently, I suppose, compared to Aiden's sixty. <laughs> that's true. That's true. They could they could handle it's it. It's tame compared to his uh, little Aiden's gang. But um, mm. so he picked up all the <laughs> he, he after the the fight and the clean up. He picked up all the money and they were three hundred notes short. And were. where did it go? Where did that 300 notes go? That Waynetta, she must have took some, shoved it down her bra. <laughs> well, that's what Kat said. Kat said, I, <laughs> I, I blame anyone, I blame Waynetta. <laughs> 
poor old uh but we did find out eventually that it was down in all sorts of places on Big Mo. Well, it? Big Mo had concealed it, <laughs> I'm presuming overnight. And I don't know how she she must have like in the morning kind of had her shower and then just kind of concealed it in all these different places, her bra and her knickers and under <laughs> crackers, her slippers up oh. her sleeve. Because that's how Kat discovered it, wasn't it? Kat, um, whilst talking to mm. Big Mo after... She noticed her sort of grabbing her wrist, didn't she? She was grabbing her wrist, yeah, kind of pushing something up into her wrist and she kind of grabbed... I mean, Big she had Mo's £300, wrist. lots of notes... All over the place on her body somewhere. So, well, if they're all ten pound notes, there was thirty notes going on around her. There, it was like some kind of Noel's house party <laughs> game. But um, so obviously the square weren't very impressed. The press, the <laughs> yes, press, the two members up. of press turned the up. The Wolford Gazette. Yeah, they, they were almost. Uh, they, we need two stock characters for the press, please. Bring them this way, and uh, in they came with their slick back hair and their slightly um unarranged shirts and trousers and the photographer mm. every time they came out i liked them when cat and big mo and stacy left the house in order to give the money back to mick, mick. and when big mo ran away the f- and uh got caught mm. i liked the way that they filmed it as if it was like something that was being filmed for some kind of news channel so when when cat came out she kind of put her hand in front of the camera as mm. if to, as if they, they this 24-hour streaming news was following the Slater story like in the Simpsons when they've got like the thermal cam and like (laughs) (laughs) Kat is basting herself in the oven (laughs) you know so Um, what did you make of some of the members of Wolford judging them so critically because Martin Mick and Ian were both outside and Ian seems very upset that Mo faked her death I think he said oh you can be done for fraud you can be put in prison this that and that if we wind our thoughts back to two years ago when his mum turned up from the dead, yes, he wasn't. He wasn't sending her off to prison, was he? He wasn't. But then they didn't con the whole square out of money in order to pay Kathy's debt to society or yeah, to, so to slightly someone. hypocritical. I mean, it's, it's hypocritical, but then that's Ian Bill down to a T, as we yeah. discussed a couple of weeks ago, when um, he did the exact same thing as his son did, lying about um, the cancer diagnosis. He did the same thing with Mel. Way back in two thousand, mm, so Ian yeah. Bill, Ian Bill, bad memory, isn't he? He's it's not a bad memory. I just think he's he he watches everything from his tower and believes that he's the right and the main being of the square. So he's he's almost like Pauline, isn't he? He's like the male Pauline. Mm. So um, we also had a few more things sort of dropped in for future storylines for the Slaters because we had Stacy mentioned to Cat that Big Mo's been telling her about what happened in Ireland. So they're obviously keeping with that story going forward. They keep yeah. sort of dropping little hints about that. But whenever they were arguing throughout the um, first couple of episodes, uh, they um, Big Mo would always almost say, you know, yeah, like drop a little bombshell about yeah. Ireland, wouldn't she? Yeah, Big Mo would always mention something to Cat, uh, a uh, popcorn and kettle. You know, how dare you criticise me when you, you your life isn't much better where you've just come from Ireland and you and Alfie isn't you know the bed of mm. roses that you're kind of. Not, I suppose she's not really disguising that she has had this idyllic life in Ireland, or she she's run away from no, it. But she just keeps putting off the subject every time someone mm. mentions it. Says so she's like, "Oh, let's sort this problem out yeah, first. We've got to sort out my first. Almost, we've got to sort almost out like she's saying, "My storyline will come in a few weeks." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just have patience. <laughs> my storyline will come, as will Alfie. Oh yes. Mm. But um, I, I, you know, I think as you were, you were, you were saying about the square being a bit judgmental of them. Martin, but has been almost their cheerleader. 
to be fair, he's kind of supported them mm. throughout it. Like, yeah. kind of, okay, c- hang on, guys. You know, they made this mistake. It it was a desperate time. They well, that's because he's still euthoric over his grief sex. And he is. <laughs> he still thinks he has this chance with Stacey. And he's been shot down, what, three times this week? Mm. Stacey's a... a to, paraphrase he said it's a white cow she's like really kind of just used him and then just throw him away like I a know. tissue you know just kind of didn't really but, but then i suppose that's how she gains her power isn't it by her uh use of manipulating men she's she's good at it it goes back to her base when she was first introduced into the soap when she was mm. younger and she used her power because yeah, uh, martin's been spilling the beans about Mo being alive to Annie as well, didn't he? So well, he thought they were pressed too, and he got yeah. a bit upset, didn't he? Because she came over and said, oh, "What's this all? What's this all going on about over there?" And um, he was, "Oh, not another one of you press. Oh, why can't you just leave them alone?" And basically, yes, yeah, spilled the beans that uh, Big Mo uh, was well. She said, "Oh, the Big Mo, uh, Mo's Mo Slater's died as well," and he was like, "No, Mo Slater was never dead. Mm. You can't all... get any facts right." Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> How dare you? Can't get facts. The press right. always get facts right. <laughs> Maybe that was a dig of the show to the press because Maybe. they've been giving them a hard time recently. <laughs> but of, when Mo ran away, as, I was, as we were saying earlier, when the mm. uh, press were attacking them, she was caught up by Annie. Yes, mm. you look quite good for a dead, dead bird. That's right. Yeah, and, and uh, we we saw Mo again, and she had like a little scratch on her face, and she a bit of blood. Well, she'd been obviously beaten by Annie with her wedding ring on, with her mm, uh, sharp diamonds, sharp diamonds, yeah, which makes scratch another appearance towards the end of the uh, week. <laughs> I think that um, it's it had to con- it had to continue, but uh, it, the the storyline kind of came to a bit of a slowdown and kind of just pondered along whereas they were coming up with money making schemes or Mm. mo was coming up with money making schemes (laughs) in order comedic storylines yeah in order to to pay pay the money back they i I don't think this storyline has ever been anything but comedic to be honest with you even when it even when it was it got a little bit nasty near the end it Mm. it never got so nasty that you kind of thought oh goodness me they're in trouble i guess that's why they sort of cast that actress to play annie i don't think she's meant to be this fierce fearsome sort of gangster character it's meant to be seen as a bit light-hearted and a bit fun because because you know a, a gang- lot of the lines to her are, are they're quite funny and because mm. you know, know gangsters are funny <laughs> there's something to be laughed about yeah but like a contrast <laughs> to how they've cut ca- how they cast aiden compared to how they cast her well, aiden was much it was darker. obviously meant to be a more light-hearted yeah. introduction back to the slaters i mean it was it was, a, it was a short snippet as well like aiden that you've learnt a lot of his background mm. over a long period of time. It was a slow burner. This was bound as a, as a very short storyline, a very quick storyline. So you didn't really know a lot other than the fact that Mo had conned her dad mm. um, and that they were quite tricky people to deal with. But so, you know, there's only so much depth you could really give this storyline without it being too over dramatic mm. and so i think ground yeah and last week we said that it was nice that it was played straight and they made a lot of the story made it funnier again mm. it, it was it was played quite straight a lot of the storyline and so the comedic moments were were very were very good i mean mo I mean, what was mo up to well when, when mo when mo uh came out of the kitchen with a headscarf on and uh, was it like a red lamp um, <laughs> yeah, in like Mystic Meg? In, yeah, in a in a in a, in a goldfish bowl. <laughs> I mean, Jean was not impressed. Was she? Well, they all were under the impression that um, Big Mo was uh, doing some kind of sex show online. You mean she wasn't? 
Well, well, no, she wasn't. I was almost convinced when I heard her on the other side of that <laughs> well, her, door. Her groaning and moaning. Yeah. Well, poor old Jean. She was having a heart attack on the other side of the door. She was looking in. She had her, you know, cupping her eyes around the door window. It's a shame it was a frosted glass, really. Mm. Well, she, could have, she could have worked it out straight away. Mm. Alas, it wasn't that. It was obviously pretending to be able to speak to the dead. Well, she was a medium. Online, she was being yes. a medium online. And, uh, for, well, she was getting £30, did she say? £30 for a reading. Well, I think Kat said when she thought it was sex talk she said you're only going to be getting 30 pounds so i'm assuming fortune telling is upper upper market well, but yes it's a better way to go you maybe. don't have to show your shoulder either or until the whiffy gets turned off from <laughs> the whiffy yes yes well she she unplugged the whole house she turned the uh <laughs> unplugged the house. well she said <laughs> she said she switched off the circuit board she did, yeah. and knocked everything into darkness but i can't see what i mean mo i don't know what her impression is of mediumism if that's the term to use for someone who talks to the dead but mm, um clairvoyance clairvoyance clairvoyancy but she it seemed to be a very old-fashioned almost 1900th like 18th century kind of well if you're paying premium you want the set the outfit <laughs> the death <laughs> well, she, she had the outfit she had the the You've red light stand out when you're online it's <laughs> such a competitive market she's She's in character. I tell you what, actually, she put um, Jean looking through the door, through the frosted glass, probably did her good because oh, the yeah. way the laptop was set up, she put, you could probably see this yeah, mysterious the problem, woman. Yeah, the person looking, watching was like, that's, yeah. that's my mum, she's behind you. She, she ask her name, ask her name. And she was going, oh, ah. So, <laughs> so we learned that she was getting, she was, she was making money from it. To be fair, if they gave, oh, she yeah, gave up she too quickly, if you ask it. me. She kind they of could all do shifts. Yes, they could have the Slater family, the Slater family clairvoyance agency. And obviously this really did upset Jean because all of a sudden the back door was left open and she was dis- she was gone, didn't she? Well, she went off to make a cup of tea yeah, because she thought that was the only thing that she could do. And uh, she was gone for the rest of the week because I think I know, that, that yeah, happened on Monday or beginning on Tuesday. Mon- yeah. And she was gone for and the no rest of the week. no one seemed to care. <laughs> like like um, Big Mo said to Stacey, oh, where's your mum? She's like, I don't know. Yeah. Why do I care? Well, no, she, cup she, of tea. Yeah, she, yeah, she said, like, well, first of all, they, Big Mo was like, where's my cup of tea? I'm parched. And Stacey said, oh, yeah, I forgot she was making tea. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's your mother. Oh, and then, yeah, she went off and um, Stacey suggested to Mo that she used her uh, her new talent to maybe communicate with Jean, which had a few people online worried that perhaps Jean had been kidnapped and killed. Mm. Not killed. Well, a couple of people. Oh, really? Yeah, thought no. that she'd been murdered for £5,000. Tortured and murdered, like her, her not teeth. having it. They can have her teeth like an Aiden in a in a little Easter egg box. Because um, obviously money making schemes, they were then desperate. So um, Stacy kindly offered not to sell just one of her wedding rings, <laughs> her multiple wedding rings, her multiple so, you know. weddings. Yes, which which good honour. But the, she did make a lot of money from them, which I think was the the main factor that upset Martin more than anything. <laughs> that all she made from his wedding ring plus her other wedding rings was £300 because that's all they owed the Vic mm. because they originally pawned that money for the Annie, Annie but it wasn't yeah and they went to say sorry didn't they she? went to say sorry and they did a big thing because Stacey um, was walking through the square <laughs> yes. and had an egg thrown filmed at filmed like Crime Watch again <laughs> with all the cast like they always do this when a group of people were mad suddenly you find characters which shouldn't be there because Linda was just on the market with Carmel and yeah. it's like when you see characters like that out of where they should be, you know 
the whole ju- square are judging them. That's right. And um, yeah, someone threw an egg onto the back of Stacey's head. I know. Any ideas who maybe threw that egg? There was Can never. We theorize? Well, okay. Well, I, re- I reckon Carmel looked pretty shifty. I reckon Winston, he had a good angle. It's got to be one of the market stallholders. Mm. Does Maybe- any of them sell eggs? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Could have been Kathy from the Kath, Kath window. Like, <laughs> or Honey from Minute Mark. Oh, yeah, from the Minute Maybe Mark. And everyone, unless they sold out of eggs, which they <laughs> potentially well. could have. Mm. Or I'll I tell you who I think it could have been because when uh, they went to the pub to uh, communicate. Uh, to communicate to uh, apologize mm. I, I don't know the lady's name the extra the extra's name or character name but the one who looks a bit like cindy lauper yes i think yeah. she does the fa- flower store yes she does obviously yeah. she's she's up to no good yeah, she, yeah she's i don't think she has snake. a name actually have to look that let's up. call her cindy lauper cindy cindy yeah cindy <laughs> cindy jr <laughs> <laughs> So maybe she threw the egg at Stacey's head, which I thought was a bit extreme, really. It seemed a bit cruel. I mean, Stacey hasn't actually done anything wrong. But, yeah. She didn't know this was happening. Well, it, I think the egg was a symbol <laughs> for the whole Slater family to watch their back, wasn't mm. it, really? to say Maybe like, Annie threw it. Mm. One of the it could have been. Yeah, Annie, it was a it. warning. Or <laughs> the press, because they wanted to get a photo. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm surprised, Who knows? I'm surprised they didn't do kind of something they tend to do when the press are interested in inverted commas and that's they had a picture of like cat and stacy leaving their house in like a kind of conspicuous way on the front of the wolf gazette <laughs> the next day and you saw it like slam onto their doorstep and they're like oh no oh no it's happened we're press worthy we're going to be picked up by nationals in no time well they have to find a clearer photo to use in the newspaper than big mo did for cats obituary <laughs> <laughs> yes they couldn't use that one again so after their barrage of hate from the square which they then later yeah, they all apologize all, so. yep all was forgiven an olive branch was extended and they all thought okay it's another big mo incident let's just let let it pass <laughs> and, and i liked um shirley's little nod to big mo that she still likes her behind the Vic. Oh yeah, she kept giggling, joking, didn't yeah, she? So. Her and Tina kept giggling. Because I, I forgot her and Big Mo used to be like drinking buddies and stuff. So Yes, yes. Um, God, years ago, wasn't it? Back mm. in like 2012, 2013, they were best BFFs, yeah. weren't they? So that was nice. At yeah. least Mo's got a few. I, th- I, t- I have to say, I think that, just as a quick off note, the way the Slaters have been reintroduced into the soap with this Big Bang and the way Big Mo has been reintroduced especially... I really have enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And um, I like that Big Mo has been seen as what she should always be seen as. And that's a bit of a mischievous slacker. Uh, but and, but she always she wears she always tries to do the good in the end. And so when yeah. on she never learns a lesson quite, she though. never quite learns a lesson, but she learns enough <laughs> to there. warrant her to. Yeah, to probably the day she dies, she'll appease all of the, well, things the trouble she's is she hasn't got um, Charlie Slater to sort of bring her back down to earth mm. anymore is she so which is a shame because charlie was always the moral ground of the slaters mm. the the moral minded one on friday jean returned she did so knock on the door they're all hiding weren't they well, they're all playing cards and they all hiding really well in hiding in front of the front door <laughs> yeah <laughs> hiding in the front door from from annie and uh they were playing cards and they were all saying god we miss this you know it's nice you know we used to do you know, as a family, we do things like this all the time. And this is something we, sh- you know, mm, we, we should, should do. Treasure. And we should treasure. <laughs> we should treasure. And we should be, you know, stay as this solid unit because together we're stronger than our individual selves. And they get a big 
loud bang on the door and it's quite a violent bang on the door mm. like i both would both hands both hands but, but again they should have known who it was because the trademark cupping of the eyes looking through the frosted mm. glass happened again and we knew that it wasn't a clairvoyant situation i mean situation. we knew the second we, we saw it we knew it was yeah. jean's outline we knew it wasn't the ghost of the queen vic so jean was like cooey <laughs> <laughs> oh jean here she is and so they opened the door again didn't seem to like too fast, upstairs, no. too fast that she'd be. She's missing. a grown woman, I guess. Yes, but Jean is also a little bit temperamental and unhinged. <laughs> so where has she been? Well, she'd gone to a few establishments to uh, get her life savings. <laughs> yeah. um, from the sound of things, she's got life savings in lots of different places. Mm. So I'm presuming she just has an ISA here. Not a very good ISA though, apparently, because it's only five. Well, 000 it's pounds. only five thousand pounds, <laughs> but conveniently, five thousand pounds is the exact amount that they need well, in order to do it. But um, Stacy is not so happy for her to give up her life savings because she's insistent that Jean's going to need that money in the future not so much for Jean's benefit but for more Stacey's because she doesn't particularly fancy the idea of looking after her mother no. when she's older. I did think that I thought Stacey £5,000 not going to cut it for I mean what's that home. a couple of months at a care home mm. It's a couple of weeks, I think. <laughs> well, it? I yeah. think it's about one thousand five hundred a week. But so. then at least you'll have a nice couple of weeks. It'd be yeah, like a holiday for Jean. I suppose. I, I suppose if you're going to spend five thousand pounds, you might as well spend it going abroad for two weeks. If you're mm. going to, they'll care for you as well. So on a cruise. On, on a cruise, lovely. And Stacy was quite cruel to Jean and said, like, no, keep the money because um, I basically don't want to be looking after you in your old age. And so Jean. She, she's off. She was off. Fine. Bye. Had enough. Had enough. But Open as she door. opened the door, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> who comes strutting toward the door like Annie. a charge? Yes, Annie. And, um, and her men came out through the back kitchen door and well, knocked that through. Jean yeah. closed the front door and thought they were safe. <laughs> and then, yeah, two men. Again, very similar to um, this seems to be a thing in EastEnders where whenever there's a, a, a boss, a gangster boss and her or his cronies they seem to find all the different entrances around the house mm, or the building in. in order to get in and yeah so they all came in through the back door smashed the back door in and stacy upset annie and got the wrath mouthy stacy mouthy stacy got the wrath of the diamond yeah. on her finger and uh she quite hard hit actually to be fair mm. that looked like it stung i'm surprised stacy didn't hit her back old stacy would have old stacy would have but she's, she'll she's, be there in time. She's, yeah, she'll be back to the old soon. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, Jean basically said, oh, that's it. I'll give you the money and get out of our lives. Yeah, Jean, Jean just had enough. Jean's not one for violence, is she? She's a bit John Lennon, no. Yoko Ono get for that. Get the story in, get it finished, get it out. I I, well, brilliant. Jean doesn't particularly like uh, violence in any form. So she wanted to mm. uh, finish it um, It's sort of their storyline this week sort of ended with a funny scene of them explaining why they're now in the show <laughs> like um big mo was like well oh big mo has to stay until you pay off the five thousand pound and and gene has to stay until the five thousand pound is paid off and cat's got to stay because she's got to keep stacy sane <laughs> and it's like and that's why we're here for yeah. one year contract <laughs> and that's yeah and now we're together <laughs> and this is how it's going to work I, i'm interested to, to see what's going to happen with martin and stacy now there's um all of them because they kind of hinted they've kind of forgotten the beginning of all this where her cousin came in and was mm. they did spying. mention Haley once and um cat was the one that sent Haley to help out mm. do you think they've forgotten about her do you think that's going to be something that's kind no, of just been she's, forgotten she's going to come in it because the actress has been tweeting that she's been filming recently um and she's saying that the storyline is really emotional 
Mm. And the character's really sort of multi-leveled and things. So oh, that'd be I interesting. think she's going to be a proper proper addition eventually. Oh, oh excellent. excellent. I think she's going to be the type of person that you hate to begin with, but then end up loving. So Oh, I liked her. I, I liked mean, her. speaking of characters like that, Karen what? Taylor was like that, wasn't she? Karen. I liked Karen uh, from the beginning she was introduced to. She was full-bodied and well-planned th- and thought out, and mm. you could tell that she had this history and this soft side and this hard side and there was a reason why she had to be this kind of really hard person from the get-go mm. i mean that's what goes to show on eastenders is that you don't always need to bring back like old families or old characters because if you bring in a new family and actually give them that history and that multi-layer to them like the tailors have they've fitted in so well with so many story opportunities no i absolutely agree i think uh, there has obviously been a goal and a plan with the tailors be it short term or long term dependent on the characters i don't know probably the only one maybe they didn't have a plan with was bernie i don't think they plan to do as much with bernie as they have now mm. done with bernie it's just to kind of help along ted and uh joyce mm. but we'll i suppose because when they introduced she had that miscarry storyline which was an excellent story maybe line. they sort of saw how much potential she, mm. um claire norris has as an actress oh, humongous potential she's mm. an excellent actress really really well but then again they've, they've lucked out with all the actors in that family they're all mm. really, really really strong good. and good because uh, we had keegan having quite a storyline this week with trying to meet up with his dad and sort of um because he's been expelled from school apparently where he bl- he, off screen. he yeah it happened uh basically at the, the, obviously the day the week before where so you didn't see it and so he had to go into school to get his punishment and he uh, did something he, to a toilet he blew up a toilet there's there's no bare bones about it i don't know what he must have done Bizarre. he must have yeah it's like something from the simpsons and from like it the is, 90s isn't it? or something yeah he got some sherbet dib dabs and <laughs> lemonade shook it and put it down the toilet and flushed and um, so he's been sort of texting his dad and trying to meet up with him in secret, hasn't he? Mitch. Yes. And and only, only uh, Keegan has really known about it. None of the rest of the family have mm. known about it. And uh, he does... they've not seen him since he ran off with that £3,000 of Patrick. Yeah, last week. I mean, mm. we, we always we discussed it at the time. We, we knew that Mitch was going to be coming back. I, I was really surprised to see him come back so quickly. Mm. I, thought, I thought it would be a little bit longer before they did. But it was nice to see him. He, and, and again, he added more to the story, to the character, uh, to Karen, to Keegan. Mm. Um, Keanu didn't have so much to participate this time around, other than to kind of watch from the sidelines. He knew better than to join <laughs> in so much this time. Although, yes, the, the, Keegan did have his own little storyline, yes, which we'll well. discuss we'll talk about that in a, a bit later. But um, So Keegan met with Mitch at the secret cafe. Yeah, the, the ca- other cafes. The other cafe. You know, something secret is happening. So something uh, shouldn't be happening is happening. And uh, he he doesn't really talk about... He does talk about why, why uh, Mitch has run away, but it's not mm. so much that. He's just pleased to see his dad again. He yeah. wants to spend time with his dad. He's um He just craves approval, doesn't he? Yeah. Keegan. We're finding that out more and more and more. And I noticed that Mitch has a few digs at Keegan during that scene where he sort of insults his intelligence and things which i think obviously growing up i think he has he's not been given much confidence and mitch is picking up on that and you see that in quite a few of the scenes i think you you've learned from the time karen and keegan have been together that there's always been something about keegan that karen doesn't she loves him obviously is her son mm. but there's always been something about keegan like the black sheep of the family sort of yes and um if you've now learned that that's kind of been associated because of mitch his dad yeah yeah 
So because uh, Keegan's now found someone who he can click and relate to, mm. um, and he's not had that in that family. Although he's been he's welcoming in, th- in the family, he's never had that kind of no. connection with anyone, and he's found that now with Mitch. So, and, and he bonded really quickly. Yeah, I mean, even thinking about how like the bedrooms and everything is laid out in the flat. Keegan is always he's right up at the top floor on mm. his own isn't he where everyone else is all on that floor together which mm. I suppose is sort of symbolizing how that family structure is mm. he's he's kind of pushed out of the way left under the rug but, but um yeah but with Mitch he's sort of found someone that he can well he hopes that he can look up to and he sort of tried to sort of mimic him this week hasn't he because Mitch arranged for the head teacher to come see him in person in the flat and he used all his charm <laughs> to <laughs> seduce her <laughs> To um, only give him one day's what's it called? expulsion. Um, expulsion, yeah. So, and then obviously later in the week, Keegan tries to mimic Mick's charm on Kathy to get a free, um, a free sandwich in the cafe. So mm. he's obviously sort of looking up to Mitch as this sort of ideal man. Well, his father figure, mm. who he's never had. He's he's never. It's always been voided in his life. Uh, as some fatherly figure that he's craved and wanted. Again, going back to his always wanting approval, which he's never had, and he's getting it. He's getting it ultimately mm. from what he wants a father to be. I mean, he moves very quickly with being broken up with Karen to living in the house again, doesn't he? <laughs> it's, yes. it's very quick. He sort of jumps right back into um, well, that role. Well, funnily enough, this for the first time when uh, Mitch was trying to convince Karen by using... Keegan, this time around, Keegan wanted to convince Karen, Karen yeah. by using Mitch. Mm. So it, it it was it was done in a, it was again showing a power kind of shift slightly, where Mitch has striked out once, and so he's he knows that he needs to take it a bit more easily, yeah. a bit more slowly, slowly to get Karen's approval. But you're quite right, it does. <laughs> but again, poor old Karen, she's. I she's know. she's a bit weak in that regard so i think she again she just wants to be loved maybe mm. that's where keegan's approval comes from karen uh from his from his mum because karen all she wants is to be acknowledged and loved by this man that she yeah. ultimately i guess loved. mitch is that one person in her life that she just has that thing where she can't say no yeah to, isn't it? yeah he's he's the one i suppose i suppose uh, we don't know other than one other relationship which was keanu's dad um, which we know is was turbulent, um, mm. whatever relationship she had. But you can imagine that she probably had quite difficult relationships yes. in the past. <laughs> I'm sure we'll find them out all in the future. So um, sort of Mitch and Karen rekindled each other after he found out he was he helped Keegan and his teacher. So obviously he moved back in and then we had Mitch teaching Keegan how to iron in the morning and... Well, he was trying. Yeah, he was trying yeah. to show his mum that you know, I uh, sorry, show Karen that he uh, has changed and he's a different person. Mm. Because later, when all the kids have left the flat, it's him and Karen, and they're dancing. And he he's trying. He's basically trying to confess to her that yes, I am this bad person. This is the person I've never wanted to be. I'm, I'm, I run away when things get too difficult. But I'm now ultimately trying to change. I want to be different. Mm. Um, and she's saying, oh, you're 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 saying the same old words. It's the same old words you say again and again and again. And he's insistent. No, this is not this is not me trying to fool you again. I'm I'm being honest. This is how I feel, which I, I get the impression. That actually, he was honest because before then you, you saw that he had stopped. Well, he told someone to stop messaging him on his phone yeah. and then took off his 
presumably well it was his wedding, wedding ring. Gate, yeah, um, and ring. I think I think he he did. He wanted to start again with Karen. Mm. Yeah, I think that. Especially because you sort of get introduced to a new lady who comes to visit Karen in the laundrette. Yes. So you? so after he's given her this silk nighty, where you see this really vulnerable moment with Karen. She's never had anything that nice before. Exactly, and she's she's again she's being she's beginning to let her defenses down again, and she starts she's obviously doing her day's work in the laundrette and this lady walks in and they have this big argument because she reveals that keegan this this other lady keegan is hers um and we learn that the the lady's name is marla and so marla's saying to karen that she's pregnant and yeah, six weeks six weeks yeah <laughs> so i'm not showing just, just yes i mean did you get creepy vibes from her straight away or did you think she was genuine what was your when you obviously not think about what you know now but what were you thinking when you first saw this scene when this she was character? first introduced i thought she was actually very honest however mm. she had she had tones of crazy <laughs> yeah she reminded me of you remember um Phil dated that yes. woman yes. who burnt who ben, burnt ben with, with teaspoons, teaspoons. Mm. and uh, yeah. she has that si- similar sort of tone of voice, doesn't she? Or the yes. way she speaks, very high pitched, very quite articulate, childlike, childlike. Almost. Yes, mm. yes. And so I that immediately I thought, well, they've cast that very similar. Mm. Uh, I wonder. I wonder if there's maybe more to it. But at first, I because because for EastEnders, that's quite a layer upon layer upon layer kind of storyline. Because mm. first of all, you think all oh, so we knew that Mitch had been lying and that he was in a relationship married yeah, or engaged so with someone. Yeah, you assume that Mitch so was ass- lying still. So you assumed that Mitch was just back to his old tricks and he just spent the money uh, on buying that silk nighty and spent the money on the rest of, the rest of the money on himself to then try to fool her and keep it in the bank. So you didn't, you kind of, you don't really suspect EastEnders particularly to be that deep that they may then no. do another layer on top of that. But they do. Mm. So it's unfair of me to say they would never do anything like that. And so when if when eventually Karen said, I, I couldn't live with myself if I let you stay with me if and you wouldn't be with Marla, this pregnant, your pregnant fiance. Mm. Yeah, because they sort of end up bonding, don't they, her and Karen and Marla in the laundrette and they sort of team up together. Because Karen's a very, Karen knows what it's like to be mm. on her own be with played. children, but also to be on her own with children mm. and to have to look after the children on her own. And she's, she knows that it's a tough road ahead and she wouldn't imagine anyone else well, She's very clever, it. this Marla lady, because she got all the information she needed to about Karen in that conversation. And she knows exactly how now how sort of broken Karen is and yes. how easily manipulated she's going to be. Yes. Because she brought her back to the flat, didn't she, to surprise Mitch? Well, she surprised Mitch. They had known each other. Yes. Um, and she, yeah, basically, Marla left and Karen and Mitch, as I said, Karen basically said, I can't live with myself. And Mitch was begging her to let him stay. And Karen's like, no, I can't. And and she knew that not only with it upset, because she's let her guard down twice now with Mitch, Mm. and being made a fool of in quick concession in quite quick concession <laughs> but she also knew we later discovered that she's basically made a more of a strain in her relationship with Keegan because Keegan has blamed her for ruining uh, her, his chance with having some kind of relationship with Mitch because mm. Mitch is now texting him saying you might as well forget about me there's no point I'm too bad I'm bad you shouldn't spend any more time with me yeah so I mean, that was a really good scene when Keegan goes into the laundrette. In the laundrette yeah. uh, wonderfully, yeah. Um, Keegan was, and, and I loved that Keegan stopped himself 
because he's he, Keanu yeah. was like, "Hey, calm down, Keegan. You know why are you saying this to Mum? Don't be so." She goes, oh, if you knew, and then he just stopped himself because oh, yeah, he nearly told. Well, he almost what he knows about Keegan's dad, uh, Keanu's dad, Keanu's dad. Yeah, yeah, he almost revealed to Keanu what he knew. Keanu didn't pick up on it though, so that was a bit no. of a slow thing for Keanu. Though he's saving that for for the next. Yeah, few months, but I, I, I would have thought Keanu would have twigged quickly that something. I mean, Keanu was busy feeling. Sorry for himself for other reasons, wasn't he? So maybe he was. Well, he was, which again we'll talk about yes. uh, a little bit later on. But yeah, so Keegan. But again, it showed some maturity by Keegan that he stopped himself from mm. saying that. Keegan, six months ago, would have thrown a rock at Denise's head. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and dug up her flowers. Yeah, and he would have told Keanu that information. But he's he's getting he's maturing yeah. and he stopped himself. And and you could tell Karen, and, and so he's you could see that he still loved Karen, his mum, because he knew better than to to hurt her, to so hurt her further. Mm. So he could see that she was hurt, that she had to lie to him. But so yeah, that's an interesting dynamic, and I'd, I'd be interesting to see. That's something that's going to I reckon going to be Keanu's uh, father. I reckon that's going to be pushed under the rug mm. for a couple of weeks. Because sort of when this was all happening, Keanu had his own little storyline of him and. Because Ingrid is back. Ingrid, a shock return by Ingrid. Jack let her have a few days off. off. We thought she was silently axed, but she is still there. No, she's still there bubbling in the background. One thing I did notice in the beginning when Keanu and Ingrid were uh, doing something under the covers on the sofa in the morning is that Bernadette was sat next to them eating breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we know Keanu and Bernadette have a close relationship, but... Big Most charges thirty pounds for that. Yeah, so that that <laughs> I thought that was a bit odd, but um, maybe but, but it's then, a Norwegian thing. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I suppose they've got nowhere else to do it. This is the story, wasn't that it? Is, the fact yeah. that Keanu perform at his best. He can't perform at his best. He Quotes has no quote by Keanu Taylor. He has no privacy, and he wants to show Ingrid a good time. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And obviously, if he's at Ingrid's, he's got Jack lurching over him. Oh, yes. If he's in the flat, then well, we all know who's around. Well, we know Jack's a desperate man as well. Again, <laughs> oh, keep listening. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we sort of had this storyline of maybe Keanu wanting to possibly move out and move into the young character residence with Jay and Donna. I like and that, the young character yeah. residence. Well, they're all dead now. And Billy... <laughs> dead? Oh, Abby's dead. Oh, yeah, Ben's not dead, is he? He's axed. But Abby's dead. Well, he's got axe. He's just gone to mainland Europe to spend his £10,000. Yeah. If only Big Mo was around when the heist was Oh, on, yeah. She could have taken a fit. She could have done a nice little... Um, so, obviously, Jay was showing him around the flat and wanting Keanu to move in for £450 a month. Well, it, that seems pretty decent to me. Pretty I don't know good. what the rates are, rates are in London, but... Um, Very high, especially where they are. Where was well, it? The East End of Maybe London. Wolford's a bit... Up and coming. Dead area. <laughs> with Jack's making it up and coming, though, isn't he, with his new flats? Yes. Hmm. So yeah, so um, Jay is convincing or ha- did convince uh, Keanu, Keanu to move out. Yeah, um, and obviously then there was that scene we just talked about in the laundrette where he sees Karen's upset, and one of the first things she says to her is, um, she says to him, "Is sorry, don't say you're moving out, are you?" And it's yeah, because he had a bag of clothes, so he was about to tell her, and then mm. Keegan kind of put a spanner in the works. So, and then Ingrid and Jay are at the pub, and. Uh, Apparently they're friends. They're BFFs. And uh, she is excited and can't wait. And Keanu basically says, I can't, I can't leave my mum in this situation at the moment. Mm. Something to note um, is that all Keegan seems to eat is chicken nuggets and chips. 
and yet has the body of a Greek god. Well, yeah. Now, I don't know, is this some kind of trick that I'm missing out on here? Because <laughs> I'd happily take that diet if it ended up with that miraculous transformation. Well, all Kush does is drink beer and he's got the body of a Strictly Come Dancing dancer. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. So, um, but, um, I think that's anything else for the Taylors. They weren't really in Friday's episode, were they? No, the Taylors were kind of no. left out, really, other than Ted. But again, we'll we'll be discussing mm, that a bit separate. later on. However, yes, it's my favourite part of the show. I'm not going to lie, Ben. Oh, is it? This is this is what I live for. It's time to see what people are up to in <laughs> I'm doing this now. Who is it this week? Do this now. So, any guesses, or should I just go ahead and spoil the surprise? Jump in. I'll go just on. jump in. So, for this edition of I'm Doing This Now, we will be discussing Heather Trot, performed by Cheryl Ferguson from 2007 to 2012, and then again in <laughs> 2016. Mm-hmm. But voice only. Curious. Curiouser and curiouser. So, Heather was introduced to the soap as the best friend of Shirley. And they shared a flat together, as well as a love for George Michael. (laughs) Now, Heather became friendly with Minty's fiancé, Hazel Hobbs. Do you remember her? Yes. She's quite famous. She did um, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Um, And a lot of improvisation show. And Mm. she convinced them to enter a competition for a magazine, a wedding magazine. Now, Hazel left Minty and Heather stepped in to share the money and they got married. However, this was later annulled as they did not consummate the marriage, (laughs) but Heather (laughs) remained in love with him. And that was pretty much the, the case throughout the whole time she was on the soap, really. And Minty was together with Sam. and I always found Minty to be such like a nothing character. Well, he started off as Phil's heavy. Yeah. He was Phil's right-hand man, and wasn't he? And then I think they ended up pairing him up with Gary Slater, didn't they? Well, they became mean? like the lads, didn't yeah. they? The st- oh. They were a bit like Ben and Jay, I, could, mm. I guess, if you wanted to compare them to modern day. Um, they, Yeah, they were the lads of yeah. the square. I never liked characters like Minty. Like, he reminds me a bit of Robbie, like a bit of a nothing oh. side. I didn't mind Minty, mm. actually. I preferred him over Gary. I thought Gary yeah. was a bit They just wet. Out- outstayed their welcome, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They were, they were there for too long. Anyway, this is about Heather. Well, yes, let's talk about Heather here. Now, on a night out where Heather discovered Shirley had paid for an escort (laughs) to pay her attention at R&R's. Remember R&R's? Yeah, I do. What's that now? I forget. Phoenix. (laughs) (laughs) Heather became pregnant with a mystery man, who we later found out was Darren Miller. Yeah, that was a whodunit, wasn't it? Well, yeah, who who, who did her. Whodunit in um, Wolfen History. But it kind of logistically seemed a bit strange, Mm. I think, in a lot of people's minds. Because I think Ben was one of the options, wasn't he? It was all the young ones. It was Minty, Ben, Gary. Minty was a young one. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm. Well, okay, all the lads, wasn't it? I think Phil was there as well. Phil was on the list. God. Yeah, they were all there. And the George Michael lookalike was one of them as well, I think. Well, he was at the club on the night, wasn't he? Yeah. So throughout Heather's time on the square, she has struggled financially, resorting to stealing money from Dot and her boiler becoming faulty. (laughs) My goodness. (laughs) It's a big deal. And people thought the bin storyline was basic. Exactly. They've always been there. It was a slow time in 2012. (laughs) Her boiler started to expel carbon monoxide, which poisoned Heather, (laughs) and she was sent to hospital. Are you 
laughing at Heather's. <laughs> it's just funny. Because it's Heather. <laughs> now, while she was in hospital, Darren visited her flat and realised it was difficult for her to care for their child. And they agreed that he would be the main carer with his then girlfriend. Now, she also ventured into internet dating. Head of her time, you see, Heather. Thinking like real life. Absolutely. Life imitating art. Internet dating, thinking she had found love with the username Kevin68. But after a family member had reached out to Heather online that he had died from a road accident, Ben Mitchell confessed it was him all the time. What a horrible person Ben Mitchell is, eh? You forget these things. (laughs) Now, whilst on holiday in Southend-on-Sea, holiday hotspot of the UK, Heather falls for Dot's nephew, Andrew, played by Ricky Grover. And although he confesses he has a quick temper after an argument with Shirley and has a strange relationship with his mum, Heather agrees to marry and elope with him. Whilst at the flat to collect the tickets to elope, and after failing to re- reconcile her friendship with Shirley, Ben visits her and accuses Heather of hearing a conversation between him and Ian resulting in Phil going to jail. Mm. So this is when it got a little bit dark. Yes. Now, Ben didn't believe Heather when she insists she had s- said nothing picked up a photo frame in a struggle and hit her around the back of the head with it, which ultimately caused her death. So unfair. It was. It was a really... Un- unnecessary. And again, death. an unglorified death, wasn't it? Yeah. It, was such a, it was a bit like um, when... Was it Helen got pushed down the stairs by Ian? Was it Helen? She, her, his, one of his wives, when he lived um, in the flat. Laura. She didn't Laura. get pushed down the stairs. She tripped on like a soft toy. Yeah. And fell down the stairs. Yeah. I always think that falling know, is such a... Like a Barry mm. fell and his death yeah, was Yeah, that a bit, was amazing. But because of... Janine. Janine, exactly. But yeah, Heather dying is just just seems unnecessary it was unnecessary and the well the actress i feel sorry for the actress she she was a bit sad about that she loved eastenders she was obsessed Mm. with eastenders it was like her dream to be in a a job that she loved so much in 2016 she did reprise her role on an audio recording that dot found at the laundrette Mm. on her last day of working there they're talking about george michael whilst playing his songs as a christmas mixtape so there you go so that's that's heather we we loved heather yeah, she, she was, was just fun, fun, and her and Shirley were a great um, double act. Yes, they were. They were a lot. They were like the the Gary and the Minty, the female Gary and Minty. <laughs> yeah, if you like. So, what's she been up to since leaving EastEnders? Well, she's actually done a lot. Soon after leaving the soap, Cheryl became a panelist on ITV's Loose Women. Seems to be the place to go. I remember from that because that's when she announced that she'd met her husband to be on the internet. Yes, yes. Life imitating, imitating art. art you see. She also became a contestant on the tenth iteration of Celebrity Big Brother. Did she? Yep, she was I the second was one on... out. Oh, what? Yeah, she oh. wasn't in there for very long. How rubbish! And she was on the Celebrity Singing Contest, and this isn't nothing to be proud of. Your face sounds familiar. Do you remember that? No. <laughs> it was it was like stars in your eyes, celebrity stars in oh, your right. eyes. Oh, right. Okay. But each week they did a different singer. Now this isn't the official game. But do you want a quick game of Martin Fowler's Five a Day? Oh, okay. So <laughs> mix it up. Let's mix things up a little bit. Gosh. So Cheryl became many different characters on Your Face Sounds Familiar. Right. In 30 seconds, <laughs> can you name? No. <laughs> <laughs> just, just have to name what people lots of singers. Yeah. Can you name oh, all the people that she played? Okay. But um, not all of them because there's six. 
So you need oh, to what? name. Yes, there's eight actually. There's eight. There's eight. Okay. So you ready? I can't even think of any. Just name singers. Okay. You'll be fine. Do they have to be larger singers or not? How rude! Like larger framed. Larger than life. <laughs> they could be larger than life singers. <laughs> not necessarily larger framed. Are they all female? Yep. Oh, okay. Guess and find out. Okay. So are you ready? In three, two, one, go. Dolly Parton. No. Cher. Yes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so shocked I got one right. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Britney Spears. No. Chris Aguilera. No. Um, don't think quite so modern. Oh, actually. Mm. Um, Total Clips of the Heart Woman. Bonnie. Bonnie. No, Bonnie Tyler. Uh. No. Think of um, who's like a big singer at the moment, or was a couple of years ago. Adele. To... Correct. Uh. Oh, time up. Sorry. You got got... Why are you apologising? Because <laughs> it's difficult. I'm sorry. Um, well, I, you got so you got Cher and Adele. I'm quite impressed. I got two. Two is a good number. It's not half, but it's fine. So you could have had Dusty Springfield, Anastasia, Anastasia. Meatloaf. Oh, so some of them were men. I didn't say they weren't. Oh, I, I said yes. Said no. no. Sake. Lulu, Madonna, Cher, and Adele. Oh, okay. So they were guessable. You just panicked. Hmm. Now, away from reality programs, Cheryl also landed some roles in comedy. She was in the 2013 TV series on Sky called The Spa, where she played Brigitte Wilde, a spa guest who discovers she is the reincarnation of Adolf Hitler. (laughs) What a layered role that was. Absolutely. In 2014, Ferguson played Joe in the second series of David Walliams' BBC comedy Big School. Mm. Cheryl also took on a role in the 2016 comedy thriller White Island, a film based on Ibiza club culture. Now, at the moment, Cheryl is touring the UK theatres with Menopause, the musical, a celebration of women and the change. The musical comedy production about four women who work in a department store and share their hot flushes, night sweats and memory losses. Beautiful. Sounds good, doesn't it? Mm. Now, the tour has already begun, but it continues until the end of May. And it includes dates in Stevenage, Southend-on-Sea, so back to where she uh, got proposed for her wedding, Oxford, York, Birmingham, Bristol, Cardiff, Cornwall, Paul, Reading, Milton-on-Keynes, Leicester, Newcastle, Stoke-on-Trent, Ipswich and Crewe. Now, as always, if you wish to follow Cheryl on Twitter or learn more about Menopause, <laughs> the musical. We all do. And, of course, and how to buy tickets, look at our programme notes for the relevant links. And that was, ladies and gentlemen... I'm doing this now. Just doing this now. Well, there you go. That's what Cheryl's been up to since leaving. So um, going on to everyone else in the square, there's been a bit of sexual tension arising. Some strange lines this week (laughs) about chips and steak with (laughs) Sharon and Phil. And renting cars. Yes. Really creepy, cringy scenes. I mean, with if Jack, yeah, if we can quickly start with Jack and Mel, uh, little bonquette, they, <laughs> it it was an odd, odd re. It's almost a recasting of Jack this week. It was really strange, and it's they did it in one episode where he was driving around the square, cackling to himself, <laughs> <I know. laughs> really creepy. With, yeah, with his Mercedes, um, all the rented to, car, wasn't it? his rented Mercedes, all to impress Mel so they could go away to France together on the Eurostar. I know. Where and did he think this up anyway? Like last time we saw Jack, he wasn't 
Where did this come from? I think <laughs> he so dug it up weird. from like a 1950s ideals how to win a woman kind of video mm. from the. Obviously, uh, Ingrid leaving him on his own for 12 hours. It's <laughs> been not good. Ingrid, this is why Ingrid's not been seen because she's been mopping yeah. his brow with all these crazy ideas to get Mel. So obviously, he's spending um, Ronnie's inheritance money <laughs> and renting a car to try and impress his new love of his life, Mel. Which it kind of worked, but at the same time, I think he saw, she, sorry, Mel saw through it. Mm. I mean, like I say, it was... Who wouldn't? Well, really? yeah, it, <laughs> it was, was so really creepy. odd. It was creepy. It was, and it was, it was like something, he, he'd almost gone stone age with his opinions on women. Like she said, I wanted to drive the car. I was like, oh, if you can handle it. Yeah, I know. Little woman, get to your kitchen. It's, it was just ridiculous. I don't know, they almost tore apart Jack in that one episode. Mm. All of his character traits, all of everything that was Jack, they tore him apart and I mean he hasn't him. been that likable in recent history anyway, but But he's never been an idiot. No, or like foolish or the only Ian word I Beale. can think of is creepy. Or is creepy, just, yeah. yeah. Because he it was like something it was something like Ian Beale would do. It's something that mm. he thinks, oh this would impress them. And Maybe and it was written for um Ian and he was off sick that week, so they swapped it with Jack. <laughs> but then that's a stupid thing to do. They should never have yeah. done that because they, you know, like you say, Jack's by no means a likable character in my mind. But no. he's never been. He's always been seen as quite a strong alpha male yeah. kind of strong character or male character, like someone you. Mm. But um, he, you know, he also got played uh, by Hunter by oh, a seventeen. Yeah. Thank year God old for boy. Hunter. I know. We, yes, I was cheering him on when he was. Looking up this car because he's he's not impressed with Jack coming to his mum, is he? Well, Jack's stupid extension of a certain appendage <laughs> he used to to, to yeah. for this car. And yes, we, Hunter, because we saw Hunter earlier having texts from a person called Ray. Yes, so this is obviously something that's which bubbling. We now. Found out is Mel's ex boyfriend. So obviously Hunter had quite a bond with him. I'm assuming. Yeah, and he wants him and Mel to his mum Mel to get back to, uh, yeah. together again. But so that's what we really know. He hates. He doesn't like the idea of Jack. He doesn't like any competition for his mum, Mel. But you also saw that Hunter had this kind of weird circuit board in his hand. Mm. Now, that was strange. They, yeah. He did the typical kind of, I'll hide it behind this cushion whenever <laughs> anyone's around and then get it out in plain view yeah. uh, so for everyone what, to see. What he's been up to. But very interesting. But yes, um, so the Jack and Mel storyline. And then there was the Sharon and Phil storyline where mm. we learned that Phil was still quite upset with Sharon. <laughs> Not only How dare he be upset with her for stealing thousands of thousands Ridiculous if you ask me. That's just nothing. Sharon was upset with him because Michelle told her he saw him going into their house with another woman with his arm around a woman. Yes. So she storms in. Storms in with her steak, her ribeye steak, (laughs) her pudding, her three course (laughs) meal that she was cooking for Phil Mm. and uh, obviously got the wrong end of the stick because that's Phil's alcoholic anonymous sponsor. He's sponsoring her. Mm. She wouldn't talk though. She was obviously not paid that. She wasn't being paid. That episode. <laughs> no. no, she's an unpaid extra. Um, I didn't look to see if she got credited. No, I don't. I wonder know. what the name would have been. Sponsor. <laughs> Sponsor one. And just her first other name. woman. Yeah, other... <laughs> Sharon's mistake. <laughs> so um, yeah. So again, uh, but Sharon revealed that her and Phil haven't been having much of a uh, sex mm. life recently. Mm-hmm. We all wanted to know that. Well, Even not... Michelle was a bit disgusted by this. Well, Michelle was also quite concerned, wasn't she? Well, she was eating her bacon roll yeah yeah don't do well we also found we discovered that um sharon was quite a goer at the time she had a, as sharon said in her husky voice i had my moments didn't yeah, i she did so so obviously phil seems to be pulling her back a little bit but you know 
again, she didn't really fight her case very well last week when she decided to get herself blind drunk and <laughs> throw up throw up everywhere. Yeah. You know, that's not really forgivable. I'm, I mean, I'm guessing they're heading for a Sharon and Phil divorce with this storyline. Yeah, I'm getting the impression that Phil's got something in his mind for Mel. I feel like he wants Maybe. to do something with Mel. Mm, everyone <laughs> does. Well, she's undeniably beautiful. But, you know, there's something something going on with Phil at the moment. Um, and obviously f- him and uh, Sharon, it's going to be... I think it would be better for both characters if they were separated. Yeah, they're kind of slowing each other down, aren't they? Yeah. They've both been in a bit of a rut since they got together again. Mm, Other than the turbulent beginning when they, obviously the the gunfire and the shooting Mm. and so on. It's kind of just gone a bit quiet since then. There's nothing really been going on. They've had their own individual storylines as well. Like there's never really been anything they've kind of gelled together as a storyline for. Mm. So yeah, it would probably make more sense. Yeah, let's get them, let's split them up. Yeah, I mean, talking about splitting lovely couples up, we had the sad moments this week with Joyce and I Ted. I know, Joyce and Ted. Just when she was getting funny with her bingo lines and <laughs> they, the she's ones that she's been at. Well, mm. we're not sure what happened. It's all very sudden. It was only announced like last week. That yeah, it was very quickly. already left and filmed her ending scenes. I mean, I wish they kind of kept that a bit quiet because that would have been quite a nice little shock mm. exit for I mean, her. I guess they did try to keep it quiet. Mm. But There's it was people in... like us last week, you see, spoiling it. We're spoiling the world. But um, they kind of just, yeah, just kind of dribbled her way out. Mm. Um, I mean, if, if you're going to find a storyline other than the Slater storyline that basically dominated the week, you have to really argue that their storyline was the one. Mm. You know, it, I mean, it... how sad for Joyce that her only storyline since being in the show is her dying. <laughs> death. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. But she did have that one scene um, where she was sort of yelling at Ted and that one scene you sort of saw what a good great actress she is or could have been oh I completely agree their story this was the best storyline them two have Mm. ever had because they weren't going to cafe cafe reminiscing about old times Ted and you learnt you learnt you finally learnt a dynamic about them Mm. which you've never seen they've been there what over a year now or just under a year coming up to a year coming up to a year you've never learnt the dynamic about them both other than that Ted can be a bit difficult and has mm, a bit of a short temper. Used to be in the army. And used to be in the army. And but you never learnt really anything about her. That, I think that's been the trouble with people enjoying her character. You, you've never really learnt anything about Joyce. Well, you really. never learnt anything about Joyce. You never learnt no. about anything about their relationship other than she's kind of had to support him. Mm. And this week you learnt that really she was the... the head cro- of the house. The head of the house. She, she was the crutch that kept Ted up and kept mm. him going and she, he really ted kind of um missed out on his family and also he did everything for him and he never really thanked her for it no he took it all for granted didn't he took it for granted yes he took it all for granted from joyce and uh you've learned you know this this is something that if they had just introduced this earlier it would have been a really mm. interesting dynamic for them both yeah. so it's really frustrating that they actually did this because that could have been a really, again, and it would have tied in, and it did start to tie in with his depression and his moods. Mm. Like when Joyce was having a go at him for shouting at Bernie about the chess game, he suddenly winced and went into a shell, like kind of curled yeah. up into a ball. Mm. And so you learnt that this dynamic was was always there, but they never did anything about yeah. it. I thought it was really interesting because there's quite a few hints. Obviously, they've got a son and a daughter, and you've always known that they haven't been they haven't gotten on that well but there was lots mm. of hints this week saying that obviously growing up in childhood ted was never really there as a father 
and she she was always there as a the mum and all the phone calls were directed to Joyce. Even when the son texted Ted's phone, the text was to the mum. So that sort of sort of shows you why Ted has this sort of disattachment. Off, yeah. And also why he's getting so attached to Bernadette. He's which sort of makes this whole chess storyline a, a bit, bit more, more mm. interesting and a bit more uh makes sense better dynamic mm. so yes in that in that sense and i don't know if this was the writer's goal with the chess storyline uh but it's it's actually kind of given the, a bit more flesh to that storyline mm. now with him and bernadette but you're absolutely right and i totally agree with you he obviously lost out with his sons and his grandchildren mm. who now live in australia they kind of they try to find the most furthest part of the world they can get away from him mm. but i don't think joyce was ever the the problem it was always ted yeah and he was so shut off wasn't he and she always tried so hard as well she, i say she always tried so hard you get the impression because you only got this week this glimpse this week of mm. it that she wanted ted to have a better relationship with her with their children but ted still kind of found a way to escape it and worm his way out of having to, to have this emotional attachment yeah. with them it was a huge shame really was. It was i mean it's such a um it's really quite a sad storyline actually the fact that mm. the way that she died he went off to go to the chess game with bernadette so she said oh you go i'll just have an early night and then that was it she obviously died in her sleep mm. but ted- you find this a lot with couples that have been because they said they've been together for 60 years you find this a lot, don't you, with when the wife dies suddenly like this and it sort of leaves the man who he didn't realise just quite how she was doing everything for him. How reliant she was. paying he was. for everything, she was booking everything. Mm. Well, that's what um, you saw, didn't you? And again, mm. it was actually done really nicely. Um, Joyce left clues uh, around the square. <laughs> yeah. And so the diary and uh, all kinds of bits and pieces of like her last day and she wanted Ted to fulfil it for her. And so he got the fish from the fishmongers paid for already by Joyce got yeah. the laundry got paid the for knitting already. magazine knitting already paid for already paid for already done and so he, she was always the one and Ted obviously didn't realize because she was just doing it quietly underneath him mm. exactly how much she was doing and so of of such an awful storyline something really good i think is going to become of it because i think there's yeah. going to be a great Ted storyline now where he's going to become i think there's going to be a big depression storyline human mm. uh, human depression male depression storyline which is fascinating and brilliant and it's yeah. about time that they did something like that and also it'll be interesting to see how his relationship with bernadette sort mm. of comes because the lady hosting the chess thing thought he was her granddad yes which i thought a little her, i think that lady saying that to him i think mm. he felt quite attached to her so but i think this is almost links to bernie's miscarriage storyline because i think bernie has always tried to find someone to attach herself to and want to look after and perhaps this could be something where she sees ted as someone she could look after now mm. so yeah, yeah I'm, I, think I'm, I mean as long as it's written well mm. i think it's going to be um a really good really good storyline i agree i'm really excited about seeing what mm. happens with this finally something exciting is happening with ted and yeah, bernie so, so yeah be good farewell to see. joyce yes goodbye. goodbye after that sad storyline let's lighten things up with a quick little game we've got another new game this week which is slater family values Right, so we've got Slater Family Values. I, I feel so strange 
playing the game. Well, and... roles have reversed <laughs> now, I'm afraid. You've got the power. So I've come up with this game, which is basically six degrees of separation. But because Wolford's such a enclosed family unit, I've changed it to five degrees. So oh, you're being very you have, kind. I know. So five or less steps to join one character to another. Right. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. And you have 30 seconds. Oh. So this week's, because it's Slater Family Values, I've started with a Slater. <laughs> so please link Stacy Slater to Pam Coker. When does the time start? And the time starts now. Okay. Stacy Slater um, was married to... Bradley. Right. Bradley is the cousin or the nephew of Jack Branning. Ten seconds. Jack Branning it was uh, is wooing Mel. Right. Mel was once married to Phil Mitchell. Phil oh, Mitchell on your last one. Oh no! Uh, oh, Time's up. Oh. <laughs> well, that was. Where was that going? Well, then I was going to say Phil Mitchell is the father of Ben Mitchell, who was with together Paul, with Paul. Who was, who was then right. Well, I'm going to do a Rachel. Ro- no, I'm going to do a Rachel Riley from Countdown <laughs> and show you the quickest way to do this. Go on then. So one way you could have done it was one way. Stacy was married to Martin, who has a stall on the market. I was going to say Martin, but it seemed too obvious. Martin has a stall on the market. Pam has a flower stall. Uh, Two steps. Or that was. But I thought you had to do it in five steps. Five or less. Oh, but but then I could have just said, um, "Stacy Slater lives on Albert Square," no, and so did Paul. That doesn't count. <laughs> That's ridiculous. They have to be linked. Oh, there you go. You've didn't no points. Well, I think the rule should be changed. There has to be five steps in the future. Okay. Stacy is married to Martin. Oh God. One. Go on then. Martin works on the flower stool. Uh, on the market stool. Yep, yep, yep. The flower stool, which is owned by Pam, supplies flowers to Coca and Sons. <laughs> Even you're struggling. <laughs> who employs Les, who is married to Pam. That's five steps. Oh, whatever. I, yeah. I think you're cheating now. Nope. Well, oh, anyway. Better luck next time. What a silly game. I, I Bring back Ian Bill's Real Deal, if you ask me. Yeah, well, we'll be doing it in circular. So it'll be Ian Bill's Real Deal <laughs> well, next might be a new, week. Another, well, another new game. Okay. Wait and see. We will see. <laughs> so to end this week's podcast, we've got a few fan questions. Oh, yes. Thank you. So we... people have been tweeting in, commenting on our YouTube videos and emailing us. And Facebooking as well. Yeah, there's been all sorts of things. So I've just picked out a few so we can hopefully... Spread them out over each episode. So the first one we have from our YouTube channel from Ewan Vickers One. Hello, Ewan Vickers One. His question is: Do you guys think it was a mistake killing Stephen Bill off, as he was a very interesting character? Oh yes, absolutely. Mm. Stephen Bill. They could have I done feel very so strongly much about all of this that's mm. been happening. Mm. They're too quick to kill off the younger characters, especially mm. legacy characters like Stephen Bill. And Abby Branning and Lucy Bill and stuff. Mm. I think they're they're doing it for sort of shock value, but they're not thinking ahead for when in sort of seven or ten years time, all these legacy family characters 
aren't here anymore. Yeah, it can come back around again. I mean, I'm always up for change in soaps. So mm. new families being introduced, new characters, you know, absolutely. But the, 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 with soaps, more than any other television medium, you need to keep a background story. So having these family characters do need to be kept in. And you're quite right. They are, they were doing it for shock value, mm-hmm. um, but you do it too often and the shock value gets destroyed anyway so yeah. it kind of loses and also that value. Stephen's death didn't really evaluate to any no comeuppance or well, anything really did it max hasn't had any comeuppance for uh no for killing him no and everyone on the square knows as well everyone knows <laughs> no about it and they don't seem to be doing anything about yeah, it they're really upset with big mo faking her death yeah and also that's the reason why jane left the square mm. so i don't know maybe they're again maybe that's something yeah. they're planning well, that for doesn't the really make sense the fact that jane's not come back now well, no, yeah. well, it does make sense that Ian's ignoring her phone calls as well. That's <laughs> that was really bizarre that they did that. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, apparently Laurie Brett, who plays Jane, um, mm. had quite a bad back accident last year, which is why she left. Wasn't she in the wheelchair though? Mm. I think that was sort of written. <laughs> well, she was recovering, wasn't she? But in real life, she went um, abroad to get rehabilitation. Oh right, so, so that's 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 it, this yeah. seems to be a theme this week. Mm. So our second question is from Twitter, <laughs> and this is from Carry On Carry. Hello, Carry On Carry. Hello. So they say, what's up with the laundrette? We caught a glimpse of the posh new exterior a year ago on June Brown's birthday special episode. We all remember that duff duff, which was the weirdest duff. It was like the start of the strange duff duffs from Sean O'Connor when it's... Remind like, me. It was when Dot just closed the laundrette and then it like panned upwards and then it ended oh yeah they, and they everyone was using, like it wasn't like the proper they were using the drone weird. weren't they that's when mm. they had the drone for the week so that was the exterior from Yugo on june brown's birthday but it's yet to materialize on the show i think it was meant to be an upmarket dry cleaners so where has it gone well like a lot of things that happened with that producer <laughs> it mm. was kind of washed aside and forgotten yeah i mean i know that sean o'connor had to close a lot of sets on EastEnders because he introduced the Wilmot Brown office sets Ah. and they were taking up a lot of the space. Oh, right. So that's why they had to close some of the sets and they weren't used anymore. I mean, obviously that laundrette was one that he couldn't use because he put Josh's office and Mm. Lauren's office in its place. I mean, you saw the laundrette before the upgrade when Michelle was talking to that photograph and the cat. Yeah, um, of Pauline Fowler. And... Pauline Fowler, yeah. Mm. Uh, and and they've brought back the laundrette, which seems a bit strange, if you ask mm. me. Although I like that Karen works there. and I yeah. it, it suits But there's no reason the it shouldn't have, couldn't have been a dry cleaner. <laughs> well, it could have been dry cleaners, yeah. exactly. Yeah, because... I mean, that was the sort of official reason is because the set space was being used up by another set. Oh, right. So they kept it closed for that period mm. of time for that reason. So obviously with that set now demolished, that's mm. why they've now got the R&R back and the laundrette. Oh, that's and good. stuff like that and like the chip shop, stuff like that. I mean, you need to keep it on the square, really. Mm. Again, it's... But um, are they upgrading the sets soon? Uh, well, it's been soon for quite a few years, yeah. hasn't it? I'm not sure what's happening with I that. I mean, every other... I say every other soap. I know Coronation Street have moved uh, to a much bigger set again because mm. they moved what 10 15 years ago and they've moved again since to media city yeah. but anyway we'll wait and see Who knows? so we've got one more question which was emailed into us so this was from sam i don't know if it's a boy or a girl hi sam unknown hello they want to know 
EastEnders has no gay male characters left and has turned Tina Carter from lesbian to bi. <laughs> EastEnders really is behind the times on this issue, especially as Corey, Emmerdale, Hollyoaks and Neighbours all have gay male characters. Why are EastEnders so bad at representing LGBT characters? And do you think we will see a better representation of them anytime soon? Well, first of all, defend EastEnders quickly. It took Neighbours what 40 years to put a gay character in their soap so to say that's a that's okay but what screaming. about all the other soaps well yes in England. coronation street hollyoaks hollyoaks has a plethora of gay characters <laughs> that's where they all are <laughs> that's where they all they live they all move from Wolford to um they should just change the logo to Holyoke. a rainbow flag and just have done with it they should have their own pride in hollyoaks mm. for crying out loud you're quite right yes it, it, if you're going to show a spectrum of the community uh lgbt community it'd be lovely um, and it is lacking isn't it it's very lacking. Very all of a sudden. <laughs> it, it, what, it does make me angry and it really winds me up that they take characters that are gay. Because you say Tina, so Sonia, mm. and they take characters that are gay and they almost and forget. And, well, not that they forget, they just kind of make it out that it's something you can just, just choose pick to be. And pick mm. and choose and just do it. I mean, I suppose we do live in a very fluid community nowadays. So you you have every right to sleep and fall in love mm. with whoever you want to fall in love with. But it... Uh, yeah, no, I'd, 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 I wish they would introduce some gay characters. And, mm. and I mean, Tina's always been technically bi because she has had a daughter before she was even introduced yes, to the show. Yes, so. and so Sonia, to be yeah. fair. Um, I mean, well, I mean I'd, obviously they got rid of Ben, got rid of Johnny, <laughs> got rid of Paul. <laughs> Paul and Ben were all in a row. I really loved Paul and Ben, and mm. and I again it was such another, a shame. That was another unfair death. Yeah, and and it was so it was such a sad death as well, Johnny. And then and Les got rid of Les. Les, I which suppose he wasn't we, trans, but he wasn't still, trans. He was, he was a cross dresser, wasn't hmm. he? Um, they Sonia's uh, not Sonia, Stacy's brother. He was um, yeah transgender. Yeah, yeah um, he got. Yeah, he was a really interesting character as well. Mm, um, they just I liked of him. him suddenly, didn't mm, they? they? Again, yeah, they just axed him one day and decided not to keep. He's gone mm. off to a chef's course now. Has he, he has. Um, Maybe they could ask him for the five thousand pound mm. that he needed. I mean, I loved the storyline when Saeed was struggling with his sexuality mm, um, with Christian. With Christian, that was a fantastic storyline, and I'll never forget the scene when Christian and Saeed's mother and the name's escaping me now. But she was a great actress. Mm, I can't remember her name. Um, I was going to say Shabnam, but that's the no, um, that's daughter. daughter. Um, she was a she was a wonderful actress. Um, and uh, she they uh, just before Saeed's marriage, Christian was begging her to just stop the sh- the sham, stop Saeed lying. Mm. That scene, I'll never forget that scene because she she inside she was she she knew that he was right and she couldn't admit it and it also made it really interesting because it was a it was in the muslim community as well so it kind of meshed mm. a lot of stories and problems all in one um yes please they should bring them back christian and saeed they're still together i'd love christian and saeed to come back actually i really would but then they'd probably tear them apart and destroy them so i kind yeah. of like the fact that they've kind of gone away to some mysterious place and be happy yeah so yes nice. so thanks for your questions yes thank you ever so much and for those please send in some more for us next week because we, we you never know you might be picked out to um, be discussed absolutely and you know let us know your thoughts about what we discussed tonight was as well oh as we're talking about things on Twitter. Quick, quick, quick look yes. at what happened with this week's question. Oh, yeah, poll of the week. The poll of the week. So obviously look out if you're listening to this podcast, head off to Twitter right now at EastEnders Week and there'll be a brand new question poll of the week. 
Now, this, on week, this week's episodes. This week we asked uh, how many times was Kat's name mentioned until her unscreen return during part one of Thursday's episode. Right. Now, the options were 80, 85, 90, and 95. And there was a correct answer. <laughs> They're all very high. <laughs> They're all very high. Um, but there was a correct answer. Do you know, Ben? Do you want to have a quick punt or? Uh, 95 i'm guessing 95. the highest i don't know well 25% of people said 95 as did they 85 19% said 80 and the correct answer and the highest number of people said 31% and that was 90 times cat was said 90 times and that was over three episodes only so, 90 times so that's 30 times an episode or <laughs> one cat per minute if you're going to put it down boil it down to that well, there you go stat. the viewers got it right so yeah so good on you stuff. good on you guys so like i say look out on our twitter at eastenders week on our instagram at eastenders week uh tweet message us find us on facebook eastenders weekly we can email us eastenders weekly at gmail.com we love your questions we love your uh feedback and yeah, you know keep them coming and you've them. also got another week to enter our competition so I will retweet that as well so you can all see how you can win a, an official signed autograph of Annette Badland who played Babe Smith. Absolutely. It's dead simple. All you yeah. have to do is follow and review us and send us a, a picture of that on uh, a direct message on Twitter yeah, or an email. Twitter or anywhere and you'll be entered in to win. Fantastic. It's cool. a great prize. We're jealous. Yes. Wish we could enter. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So that wraps us up this week. Thank you very much. Nothing. We'll, well I can't wait for Easter. Can't wait to get my uh, Easter eggs from the Easter Bunny. The Easter Bunny? Yeah. How old are you? The Easter Bunny doesn't exist. Shut your mouth. The theme to EastEnders Weekly was written and composed by Claxon. He can be found on SoundCloud under K-L-A-X-U-N. Thank you all for listening and if you'd like to subscribe and leave a review it would mean so much to us as it really helps the word get out that we're around. If you have any topics or discussion you want us to talk about you can email us at eastendersweekly at gmail.com or send us a tweet at eastendersweek. We do live tweeting to every episode of EastEnders so make sure you follow. See you soon.